next episode of Hygiene Profit Leaders. This is going to be fun, guys, because I have a special guest here today, Miss Jenna Ernst. Hello. Yeah, so Jenna uh, actually works at the Scheduling Institute. She is one of the marketing campaign managers here at the Scheduling Institute. And I pulled her in today because I want to talk about something that's kind of been hitting home for me recently, and I know it is for you. Working parents. Ugh. Yeah, and which way do you want to go on this one? Right? I know, right? <laughs> so we kind of were talking about this before uh, we recorded the podcast, and there's so many directions that we could go with this because, as working parents, when you're working full time, and you know most hygienists are employed full time or at least 30 hours a week or more. And we couldn't find the actual statistic of how many hygienists were working parents, but we were able to find the statistic 80% of employed mothers with ages of 16 to 17 work full time. So 80% of mothers. Yes. And I don't. I know you couldn't pull any data on hygienists that are parents, but in my data collection years of going and seeing hygienists, one hundred percent of them are parents. That's what I thought too, <laughs> and that's why I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a really easy stat to find." And I couldn't find it. It was yeah. just like in general. But I would say the majority. Well, one, I'm a parent, so you tend to, you know attract and hang out with other parents but uh, in my work history and with going into offices I've been into like 400 offices as a trainer now uh, majority of them I would say 80% of them are parents parents, right so and this is this is working mothers I know we have hygienists out there I did find that stat there's only 3% of hygienists are guys hey that is awesome. You you go 3%. Yeah, you go. We have Doug. Doug's actually going to do it, be on a podcast here in a, a couple of days. So that will be fun to have him on here because yeah. he's a guy, Genis. But what, this, uh, what was funny when I was doing this study, because what I really wanted to talk about today is how you find the work balance and how you can actually learn from being a mom and or a dad and taking what you're learning and actually using that as good examples, content, kind of how are you going to teach your kids to kind of have the same work ethics that you have. And that's why I wanted to bring you on, Jenna, because I know your backstory of how your mom kind of set you up in mm-hmm. life and how she maybe we get um, – the generation today mm-hmm. they're called helicopter moms <laughs> yeah. right and so it's really easy to be that helicopter mom so what i want to talk about today is one how can your work ethics help you be a better work professional mom mm-hmm. um, and how can you use that to teach them and two like how can you get over the guilt because one of the studies that i found is that half of the mothers of young children 12 to 16 percent of americans think they should work yeah so 80 percent are working but only 12 to 16 think they should work so that gives a large percentage of people who don't think they should work they should be at home with their uh, kids so we got to find that happy balance and i do think you can find a happy balance yeah i mean i and you know i think that we're experts in this because i don't think either one of us has solved it right like i think we're in this game with you guys if you're a working parent I think that it is a struggle internally to find that balance and feel like you're doing the right thing. And so, you know, April mentioned my history. And so my mom's mother actually passed away when my mom was 14. And so obviously I never met her. And my mom 
I guess, went into life and went into being a mother assuming she wouldn't be alive so that she could set her children up to be able to live on their own. And so we were raised very independently. So, you know, I'm actually on the like one end of the millennial spectrum, if you think of it generationally, like you're talking about, but I am a different beast than the millennials that came after me kind of thing because my mom raised me to be super independent. I mean, we were doing our own laundry, making our own bed, cleaning our room, picking out what we wanted in our room. We were making dinner. I mean, so my, like at what age did she start? Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't remember a day when she did those things for me. Mm-hmm. I always made my lunch for school. I mean, she may do it on like a special occasion or something, but I think it was more important to her to instill in us the ability to take care of ourselves because I think she felt unprepared for a life without her mom. So special occasion, so it's like your birthday, so you don't <laughs> yeah. have to go to work today at your own house. <laughs> no, exactly. And, and you know what's really funny, and on that note, this is a side note, but when it was our day, birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever it was, we were in charge of the family, and we got to choose everything in the family. So mom's day was always like, well, we called it like slave day, because my, like we had to like plant trees and paint the garage floor, and like we had to like slave on their birthdays oh, or Mother's day. day. Yeah, and so it was like we all dreaded their birthdays and my parents' birthdays and Mother's Day and Father's Day. But, you know, and then there would be like, you know, dad sometimes would be like, oh, let's just go do something fun, which was rare. But, you know, we had fun on other days. But I think the work ethic that I have came from my, you know, being raised. And, you know, my mom sometimes looks back on it and is like, feels a little bit of guilt. And I'm sure she felt guilt in the moment, but I wasn't there, you know, for her to confide in in that moment, right? She wasn't going to tell me. She felt guilty for making (laughs) me do my own laundry. Um, But I think, you know, I take a lot out of that. and, And I didn't really even recognize all of those things until I became a parent. And that's when you start to go, oh, wait, you know, what What did they do for me? Yeah. And what do I want to duplicate or what do I want to change as a parent myself? And, you know, my parents pretty much worked full time until I graduated high school. My mom took a couple of years off. I was like, okay, that's the opposite. Of what yeah, you're right. supposed to be here okay. for me, mom. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever works for you. But no, I mean, I had a loving home. I had a great family life, you know, but I did my own things and I couldn't, you know, even during the summer, we couldn't go out and play until our chores were done for that day. My parents were at work. Yeah. I mean, mind you. So we could have really done whatever we wanted, but our work ethic was so strong because she had instilled that in us that we did our chores. We did our summer homework. We had worksheet pages or whatever, book reading, all sorts of things that we had to do before we could go out and side and play with our friends. So at what age do you remember being at home in the summer by yourself? Oh, um, wow. I mean, it was definitely, it was elementary school and it was early elementary school. My brother was three years older than me. Okay. But I was the responsible one, so let's <laughs> be honest. <laughs> um, he's a good kid, let's be honest, but I was definitely the better kid. He, let's see. So maybe like seven and ten? Yeah, or probably. I mean, it. probably, maybe even earlier. I mean, yeah. So I that's did, just like, it's just weird. It's what we were talking about the helicopter mom versus. Oh my gosh. Like, and you just said it, like, you, you nailed it. Like, what do I want to do? What do, what, what do mm-hmm. I want to take away from it and do yeah. the same? And what do I not want to yeah. do the same? And human nature, I mean, I find myself fighting myself 
of raising my daughter, right? And I'm like, no, don't do that for her. Let her do that herself. No, don't keep that from her. Let her have that experience. Let her, and I, I'm literally like battling myself. She's probably more than capable of doing more things than I let her do. Right. But it's like my desire to, you know, and I think moms especially, like that maternal instinct to like nurture your children I want to like do things for her because that's what I'm supposed to do in my yeah. mind. But really, she's way better when I don't do things for her and she learns from that. Yeah. So like I told April earlier, the example, I, you know, uh, last weekend, it was a beautiful weekend. I'll be honest, I'm the kind of person that just goes to the car wash, right? Like I take oh, my yeah. car to the car wash. I don't want to vacuum it. You pay for convenience. Yes, yes, I am so, I was like, I don't want to do that. And then I thought back to my childhood and how we used to wash cars on a weekend day and it was fun and we would end up in a water fight and all that stuff. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to fight my tendency. So while my daughter was napping, I vacuumed the car out and I did all the stuff that I knew would not be productive with so you, her. So because you cheated a little. I, well, I did the vacuum because, I mean, it, let's be honest, a two-year-old, a vacuum going, you can't hear if their footsteps go too far away from you, yeah. right? So, um, so then when she got up from her nap, I waited for her to get up and then we washed the cars in the driveway, in the sun, in the bathing suits yeah. to get all wet. And, and, you know, I learned, you know, my child wants to suck on the sponge that has just been in the gross water and you have to wash that kind of thing right she's due but here's the thing she like, had the experience i know diarrhea the next i know day. <laughs> why did she say oh wait because she ate the sponge from the car wash after washing two cars with it but yeah so we i mean my husband even got involved which was kind of impressive because he doesn't tend to like to be outside in the summertime yeah um so we all washed the cars and it was so fun and she enjoyed it and she even like pulled out her little tricycle so we could wash the tricycle it was really oh, cute that's adorable. so she had a great experience it was the right decision for me to do but it was not the easy route yeah it's way harder to involve them than it is to not but i think that experience is one that i'll remember she'll remember and it it lasts through the week yeah. so you if you do something like that with your child as simple as washing your car is it lasts through the week for them and for you so you, the guilt can go away right. if you just cherish those little things and just take the extra time with them yeah. when you have it and in another podcast we talk about your perception of time and everyone thinks they don't have time oh and it's been so much easier to go through the car wash and pay the eight dollars or whatever it costs but your perception of time goes like you see that you have more time when you spend more time with friends and family mm -hmm. than if you only do work, 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 work. Yes. And so what I do love about being a hygienist is that it really is a profession where you do get the majority super focused when you're there. You have to be on 100% because you're in front of patients. Like mm -hmm. you don't have a desk job because now I have a desk job and I see the difference between being a hygienist and working in an office. And there's sometimes in a desk job, you go to the break room and you talk and you have a, these fun conversations. Like that's how I found out about, you know, how you were raised and, <laughs> uh, and then you go back and you go back to your job. But as a hygienist, you're go, 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 go. And there's yep. really no breaks in between. Yep. So that's one of the cons but it's actually a pro for me too because I, I think the day goes by faster but I didn't have to take my work home with me mm -hmm. when I was a hygienist but now there's some things I have to take my a doctor wants to talk and he can only talk at yes. eight o'clock you know oh, it's always night. seven because that's bedtime yeah it's seven, always when yeah it's seven o'clock it's like <laughs> can you talk at seven like absolutely oh. I can yeah. talk at seven or five they always want five I'm like that's when I'm picking up a toddler and amongst a bunch of toddlers yeah. which is not quiet and I'm not gonna lie I've talked to doctors in my car with my kids oh, headphones on while they're watching movies and I've 
bribe them with M&Ms. If you don't say anything <laughs> during this time, you will get an M&M when you get oh, home. It's like mine's a dog not treat old or enough something. for that yet, but I I Oh, the M&Ms <laughs> come in so handy. And the things they will do for one M&M is impressive. Like oh. it's one M&M, but they can I can I have yeah, I've, yeah. Yeah, mastered that one. But the the thing is is finding like what's your parent style? How do you get over those days that you feel guilty? And what you just said, it's not always easier to set them up because yeah. like we want to, if we're gonna do this, we need to make sure they're learning from us. Even if we do feel guilty about it sometimes, like it needs to be a learning experience for the kids. So you said something about making lunches and I've started just um, over the summer getting my kids to make their lunch because they have food allergies. I'm always jealous of the, the parents that don't have food allergies because they just send their kids to lunch with a dollar twenty-five and lunches like handles yeah. for them, right? But every day we have to come home, make dinner, make lunches for the next day. I like it because I, I know what they're eating and at least it's healthy. But so over the summer, I just like, why am I doing this? Like these are their lunches, <laughs> yeah. right? So they need to be more involved. So I make them, they can't cut, they, I don't trust them with knife sheds. They're, <laughs> they're boys too. They're, yeah, they're, they're boys, <laughs> exactly. They're four and seven, so they're not cutting fruits and vegetables, but I can trust them with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so they have started making their own sandwiches every night to put it in the you know lunchbox. And what you said just was so true that it's not easier. Mm -mm. It actually takes me longer to make their lunches now. And we probably waste a lot of peanut butter because <laughs> it's all over the counter. It's on their hands and like the bread breaks because oh, yeah. uh, they're putting the, you know, peanut butter on there and it starts crumbling. They start crying, my bread broke. And you gotta yeah. get another piece of bread. So, <laughs> but they're learning to do it themselves. I'm not being the helicopter mom who just says, well, no, let, let me do it. Because mm -hmm. I, I read another study that working moms on average work 98 hours a week. And that's pretty much looking at what they're working at home, the hours they're working, sorry, at work, adding to if they're at home and they're doing laundry, cooking, cleaning, that's considered work. Oh yeah. I actually thought that was a little low. 98 I, yeah. hours? On average, that's because there's non-working moms filter there, right? No. Oh, and you do have to sleep. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I did see that stat, too. A working mom only gets on average six hours a night. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of high, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, yeah, I mean, I think the time you invest in those experiences and, and they teach them everything. If you let them adult a little bit mm -hmm. when they're even tiny. I mean, my daughter is two. But every time I let her do something that's more adult, mm -hmm. that I could easily just say, no, let me do it for you, yeah. she is learning because of it. I mean, for crying out loud, my cousin babysat my daughter. She was sick one day, and I was like, what am I going to do? And then my cousin's a teacher, and I was like, hey, you're home for the summer. Come over to my house. Yeah. And so she watched my daughter for the day, and she, when she got up, she was going to make her an egg because my daughter loves eggs, which is great. And um, she said that she was like, oh, Nora. Um, you don't know where your mommy keeps your spatulas, do you? And Nora, at ripe old two years old, walks over to the drawer and pulls out a spatula and hands it to my cousin. And my cousin was dumbfounded. I mean, yeah. she doesn't even think her her students, she teaches kindergarten or first grade, she doesn't even think they know what a spatula is. Honestly, I know she knew what a spatula was. Right. But, but she, she did because she... Every week when we cook, we let her watch and she stirs the eggs and mm -hmm. she, you know, and again, not easier for us. Way yeah. less time if I just freaking make an egg for her and hand it to her. Yeah. But she's obviously picking up on things and she's learning those things because she knew what 
She knew what a spatula was and, and where it was where it and was. went to the drawer. And I'll tell you, my husband was more shocked that she got it out of this drawer because this drawer, it's one of those really deep, wide drawers. Mm-hmm. It is full. It is so full of utensils. I don't have utensils on the counter. I can't be trusted with things on the counter. It's just checked. I mean, you have to dig in there to find stuff. And she pulled a spatula out of that drawer. So that was a miracle on its own, even if she were old enough to know what it was. But it was pretty crazy. I mean, it's really fun to watch them like when you don't think they're at an age where they comprehend something mm-hmm. but they're comprehending oh my gosh it. yeah oh my i gosh. my old i'm sorry my youngest actually has delayed speech and so you can't understand a word he says sometimes um but and he's taking it all but in. he's taking it all in and he's actually pretty advanced for like his reading and writing even yeah. at the age of four so even if they're not communicating to you yeah. exactly what they're learning they're yeah. learning from you so and even one of our co-workers matt he has two little boys and his first child he was born and had some issues and he has a trach and he couldn't speak for a long time mm-hmm. and um that little boy i mean i think he was maybe two maybe when he came in and Matt drew the alphabet on a whiteboard, and Thomas could point at every letter he said. He didn't have to say them in order. He could say, where's the T? Where's the Q? Where's the P? Where's the B? And Thomas would point to every letter. He couldn't speak yet, but he knew the entire alphabet. Yeah. And I was like, They're sponges. Yeah, they're they're sponges. absolute sponges. And so that's what our role as working parents is to make sure that even, even if you feel like you shouldn't be working yeah. and you should be at home, but you don't have the opportunity not to be working. Yeah. I'm not saying quit your job right now. That's exactly no. not what I'm saying. But even if you feel that way, take this opportunity and use it as a learning lesson for your mm-hmm. kids because yeah. they are observing. Yeah. They don't do what you tell them to do. They do what you do. Yeah. So it's, and know. I think, I, I think they learn so much from other people and, and, you know, as, as guilty as I feel some days, I know that by sending my daughter to other places, she's actually learning more there than she'll ever learn from me. And even if they aren't teaching her curriculum, she's learning social skills. She's learning how to cooperate with people, how to share, how to, you know, and I, I know that like you can all, it's like writing a text. I tell myself this stuff all the time because I do feel that parent guilt. But I also know that she now finally knows her colors. I mean, the girl like was avoiding colors for forever, but she knew them the whole time, I think. But um, she, <laughs> she now said. is going to a school with different age kids, which she was in a like baby thing first. And now she's in a school. And she, by the end of like the second full week, was like all her colors, she knows them. She's singing the ABC song like most of the way through. Yeah. She unfortunately knows the shark song now, Baby oh, Shark. I was, I kept gracious. her away from that for as long as I could, but now she knows it. But she like comes home and she says things and sings things and shows me things that I definitely did not teach her. Right. And she did not observe from me. And I'm so grateful that she has those experiences. And that's what pushes me through the guilt. Yeah. And right? not guilty that someone else taught them no. that. Because no. like we get stuck. Like Sometimes I was actually a stay-at-home mom for seven months with Brecken. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Did you, die? Did you almost die? Oh, my God. Seven <laughs> months went by, and I was like, get 
me out of here. Yeah. Like, because I couldn't, I was like, I don't know what to teach you. Like, you can only, <laughs> like, count to 10 so many times in a 24-hour day, right? And so I was like, this isn't my talent. This is yeah. not where I'm strong at. I'm yeah. strong in other areas. Let me go do that and use this as a teaching lesson for my kids and let someone who's really talented yeah. in teaching them what they need at certain age yeah. levels teach them that. Yeah, and I want my I want my kids to be productive people. I want them to be helpful and loving and kind, but also to be able to stand up for themselves, you know, and, and, and they're going to learn some of those things from me, but if I'm the only person they're learning from, they're not going to learn a variety because yeah, I'm a, I'm a functional, well-rounded person. Like my parents did a great job obviously because I've done well for myself, but that doesn't mean I know everything. That doesn't mean I show everything right. That doesn't mean they're going to see all those skills and traits. I, I'm not and by any means perfect, not even, not even close. I mean, so I want them to learn from other imperfect people and I want them to learn, you know, other things aside from what I think and know and believe. And I think if, if you want that for your child, but you feel guilty every time they go in a situation where they're getting that, that's not healthy. Right. And so you're actually holding them back. Yeah. It's holding you back. It's holding them back. And I think if you constantly feel that guilt, you need to think about your headspace and where your mind is mm-hmm. and where your heart is and, and, and what your end goal is. You right. know, like I went to a parenting class while I was pregnant before I became a parent because I am that person, right? You're so prepared. <laughs> I'm so prepared. And I'm not doing all of the things. But what they said is basically you want to craft, just like we teach you in your practice, right? You craft your vision. Where do you want to go? What do you want this child to be like? do and you know one of the um, people Andy Stanley taught the parenting class one of the days and many of you might know him but he and his wife said that they basically their end goal was that they would have adult children who wanted to still come home and hang out with them mm. and I was like and so they built everything on respect and trust because they had to you know treat their children not as a, a lesser than them child mm-hmm. obviously they had to be parents, parents but they had to have once the child was old enough to have the conversations they had to be very respectful of them because they didn't want to do something that made them not want to as an adult child come home and i think just like you're building your practice or your hygiene department or your production it doesn't matter what you're focusing on if you have an end goal in mind it always helps you backtrack to say okay here's what i need to do next and i think parenting is the same way as growing a practice when you think about that yeah that's true and like i said about talents like whatever your talent is like teach them that talent like i'm really good at solving problems i get i'm strategic and so one of the questions i ask my kids every night when we go to bed did you have a problem today and how did you solve it? And it's getting them to like right now, some of their answers are hilarious, you know, (laughs) like, well, you know, Susan stole my crayon and I wanted the red one and she took it and I didn't have one. I was like, well, fine. How did you solve it? And you know, they, walk through, I told the teacher, well, do you think that's the best answer is to go and tell someone or could you have solved it yourself? And then you can see it the next time that same Mm -hmm. problem comes up, they're working through it. So uh, the youngest one just still does not get it. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, when should I start that process? Because I think Nora would be like, you can always start it because we do it right when we're in all in the bed together, like reading a book. And so he hears Brecken's answers. And so he's starting to like catch on to like what a problem mm-hmm. is and what a solution is. Yeah. Um, but sometimes he just, you know, makes it up. Like, yeah, you can tell. It's just like, um, but you know who else knows the baby shark song? Oh, no. Alexis. 
And I wish Alexis did not know Baby Shark. Alexa? You Alex mean? Oh, sorry, Alexa. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, who's Alexis? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. she's, she's you can great tell with that, technology. You can tell that my kids know Alexa better than I do because I never even turn that thing on. But yeah. they know how to use Alexa now, oh, yeah. and Alexa knows Baby Shark. And oh. it drives me nuts. Since she was probably, I don't know, 13 months old, 14, right over a year, Nora says... She calls her Sesa because she can't say Alex. Yeah. Or she couldn't say Alex in the beginning. So she says, Sesa, go. Sesa, go. Because she wants to hear Let It Go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Alexa knows lots of those songs. So yeah. you got to be careful. I, my husband thinks, he has a theory that um, my daughter thinks that Alexa is actually a person that lives in the house and she just never sees her because <laughs> she's everywhere. She's she can so ask her confused. for things all the time. I'm like, like where Dan, is Alexa? Seriously. She's trying to find her the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when the because I told you my youngest has delayed speech, and so when he actually got Alexa to turn it on by himself for Aww, the first time, cute. it broke my heart. So I do love Alexa for that, but I hate <laughs> Alexa for Baby Shark. I was like, can you just erase a song out of her memory? No, there's like 17 versions of Baby Shark and Alexa, if you actually... Let's not tell my kids that. <laughs> well, maybe I need all 17 versions so I could stop listening to the same version. So yeah. maybe I need to know. You just have to say which artist you want. April. Yeah. Not easy. My kids can use it better than I do. Like, I'm <laughs> yelling at the woman and she's not listening to the me. The woman. She, I'm like, Alexa, set five minute timer. Setting 55 minute timer. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. We use it for the timeout timer. So oh, she can't yeah. move until Alexa goes off. Yeah. She, do you know the timeout uh, rule? Hmm. For every age they are, uh -huh. that's how long they sit in timeouts. So yep. She sits in timeout for two, for two minutes. minutes. Yep. And Dan's like, maybe we should change the number of minutes based on the, you know, the how bad the um, yeah. whatever was that got They'll her in timeout. The rules, Dan. And I'm like, they don't have any sense of time at this age. <laughs> Stop. Just yeah. two minutes is fine. Yeah. Seven minutes, because uh, Brecken's seven, so seven minutes is like... Forever. I feel like I can get a lot of stuff done yeah. when he goes to I mean, I can get the entire dishwasher unloaded in two, so yeah. I'm with you. All right. So, we see, this is what happens when you have kids. Like, yeah. You could literally, parents could sit down and just, we could talk for an hour about the different lessons that we teach them or... No. Um, and every parenting skill is completely different. And me and my husband always said before we had kids, no matter what, we will do it our way and we'll never judge anybody else. Like, because yeah, yeah, you important. cannot compare your parenting skills to anybody no, else. You're not living in their life. I mean, yeah. and, and it's, it's really fun to watch parents who have multiple kids where their kids are so opposite and they had the good one first. Mm -hmm. Because I get to watch that, and then that's what makes my husband say that we can't have a second because we had the good one first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two good ones, Jenna. You can have another one. But, but yeah, you can't judge other parents. And honestly, we are not, we are, neither one of us, I think, is proclaiming to be an expert in this. We, we struggle with this every day, but we think about it every day. And so I think just getting the conversation out there and getting it started is helpful for everyone. But um, but yeah, no judgment. And honestly, I've learned like three things I'm going to go home and do now because of yeah. this. So yeah. it's super helpful to me. I hope you guys. And then you're helpful. working. We know you're working 98 hours at least a week. Yeah. And it's okay. Like that's it's average and we're high achievers. So yeah, we are. We're probably <laughs> going over that. Um, but it is an opportunity. So take this opportunity, teach these lessons to your kids. Don't feel guilty and really just embrace it. And when they see you taking initiative at work and showing great work mm -hmm. ethics, then that's going to 
you're going to be trans to yeah, translate to them too. So hope you enjoyed today. Jenna, I loved having you on. Hey, we anytime. Having you know, when guests. April called me and was like, I want you to be on this podcast about parenting as a working, like full, being a working parent. I was like, why me? Like, yeah. I'm not the expert, but There's I think it nobody was a lot of fun. No, and it's, no one is the expert. It's helpful this. for me to just talk about, but it's also, I think, really helpful for everyone if you get the conversation started. Yeah. So, so make sure that uh, you go to hygieneprofitleaders.com. Check out our other podcasts that we have. We come out every other week. Uh, we love sharing the content with you and we can't wait to uh, come back on two weeks from now with our next podcast. Thanks, Jenna.